Yeah, I'd like a hot dog all the way, please. Coming up. Here you go. Thank you. Ew. What, what is this? That's a corn-based hot dog flavored tube-shaped thing. It's, uh, it's almost good. That'll be $4.50. You know what? No thanks. If almost good enough isn't good enough for you, why would it be good enough for your pet? Add kennel kelp to your furry friend's diet. Sprinkled on your pet's food, kennel kelp helps with arthritis pain and stiff joints. It can also reduce shedding, fill in missing areas, and improve their looks. Healthy pets show even more energy and have better attitudes. See results in four to eight weeks. The good news is, kennel kelp isn't just for pets. It's good for you, too. Sprinkle it on your cereal or use it instead of table salt when seasoning your food. Kennel kelp is the holistic care solution for pets and their people. Safe for dogs, cats, birds, cows, chickens, reptiles, almost anything that walks, flies, or slithers. It's a holistic health solution for humans, too. To learn about their many products, visit kennelkelp.com. Get kennel kelp for a happier, healthier life. Hey everybody and welcome back to another edition of the BHC Chemical Holistic Healing Hour. Soon to be BHC's Holistic Hour. I want to talk to you about 10 minutes here. This will be the YouTube version today as well at some point in time. A little bit later we'll be talking to friend Tim Doyle from China at taping and you'll be hearing and seeing that in episode as well. I'm embarking on a campaign where I'm going to be changing my radio show, which eventually will be predominantly on Buzzsprout and all the other audio channels that I'm blessed to be on. But we're going in one direction on the shows that are indeed coming under the umbrella of spiritual meditation and so on and so forth that we'll talk about with the in-studio guests and otherwise all subject matters, the Galactic Study Program, the Path to Oneness. We'll be talking with Tim Doyle in an upcoming episode in just a few short hours. So I'm working on a little blog about it today. I'm going to be revisiting my blog with a degree of frequency a couple times a week, and I just released one a short while ago on social media about different types of spiritual logos, and I'm going to do all of that myself for all of the aforementioned reasons that I talk about that I'm going to be, I'm going to be keeping the Camel Kelp logo for all of the aforementioned shows and reasons that I've done so. So eventually, eventually. They'll be disseminated, and my spiritual shows will have spiritual logo. Zuh, plural. I need your help on the interaction at the polls at my shows. I'm going to be doing a series. I'm going to be doing everything as much as I humanly can. Great. I'm not going to be incurring many more business expenses, if any, in all candor. So I'm going to be doing a lot of that myself. Done all of those things when I was in sole proprietorship for 30 years. So it's a matter of time management with all the bucket list things that I do by choice and loving every bit of it. These will be part of my main mentor moments when I get to that show later in business and in life. Mostly in life, I'm fully retired. I part-time market share. We'll be hearing a 
lot more about the Maine Advocacy Program revisited. There'll be an element of that that will be tied into the spiritual spirituality. So I need you guys and gals help. I'll be doing a series for the next five days, probably, of different spiritual logos for an organic show that's been going in one way, shape, or form for the last six years straight on platforms and many blogs, blog talk radio shows, and so forth. So I'm going to be going predominantly radio show quite extensively as we approach March, and my upcoming guests will almost exclusively for a while be on my radio show, all for a reason, which I'll keep everybody abreast for and with my daily shows. So interact, please, at the shows to keep us fresh. Who do you like? What got you here? Thank you. Well, what's keeping you here? What are we not answering? What would you like to see answered? When upcoming guests come more and more, especially the repeat guests, working more and more to have like live Q and As, and we're going to be doing some really innovative programs. Tim and I are working on tons of stuff. And stay tuned. How are we doing? I want to keep this at about five minutes, so this will be a short reel at YouTube, and I'll see you all at my other shows. And stay tuned. We grow together, keep continuing to pay it forward. Like-minded intuitives always feed your mind, your body, and your soul. Creative solutions for holistic healing products. Still, now in retirement, we'll be hearing more about that in my upcoming Bye bye for now. Enjoy the set of shows. We appreciate your support. Peace, everybody. Hey everyone, it's Grandpa Bill. I want to tell you real quickly here during today's show, upcoming event from fellow friend Laura Eisenhower, full moon coming in book and online event, full moon coming book and online event, February nineteenth. It occurred yesterday at one twenty-nine p.m. As far as the announcement into the unified field, awakening the truth frequency. Laura Eisenhower. Upcoming event on the webinar, the full moon coming book and online event. Reserve your spot for this live event today. Note this date has been changed to March. This is with Laura and Dr. Charnel, spelled S H A R N A E L, Wolverton, W O V E R T O N, hyphen S E H O N, March ninth. At 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. Central Time, it'll be question and answer, individual and collective reading community, and fun for all. And most of all, fun. You can email Laura Eisenhower for the discount code. If you are a paid subscriber, it will give you a $34 off discount, and that is for Cosmic Guider subscribers. They have rescheduled this one. The registration link is available. Cosmicguider.org. Also, the event Rebels of Disclosure, hosted by Journey to Truth. You get 
20% off using the link. I'll put that in the description of this show. You can find all of those links at cosmicguider.org backslash blog. And then there's another one for the live stream as far as the link. And you can check out the latest interview with the Journey to Truth podcast host at rumble.com. There's a signed copy of a book. Also, you want to offer a signed copy of Laura's book for paid subscribers, and give listeners a discount. That will include four ninety nine for shipping. To round it up, it will be fifteen dollars. You can pay that via PayPal or Venmo. Venmo address is on the book page of her website. So is PayPal. Please respond to the cosmicguider.org backslash blog for further information. They have a full moon coming up this Saturday. Full moon is exactly opposite the sun in the sky at 4:30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 12:3 UT on Saturday, February 24th. At that time, the moon will be in Virgo. Opposing the sun at the same degree of Pisces, five degrees twenty-three, will be making harmonious aspects to expansive Jupiter, also Mars and Venus, also conjunct this week in Aquarius. Laura will give a more in-depth report soon. Check Podbean and the latest interviews with Ishmael Perez in part two on superb owl and Dr. Catherine Clinton. Laura is also making this available on Rumble after she posts on Podbean, and we'll send out another information via the blog if you sign up for her blog at cogsmickgeyer.org. Until then, she hopes that the the subscription is worth it with discounted sessions, check-ins, and other benefits like coupon codes for webinars and events, and discounted signed copies of her book. Subscribe to Marissa last name A C O C E L L A's Rumble channel. The link is also available. We all thank you for your support. It is everything. Thank you so much. That's direct from blessings and love from Laura Eisenhower. Grandpa Bill concurs. Check out cosmicgaia.org/blog. Let's get back to our show today. We'll be right back in ten seconds. Thanks for joining us. Welcome back, everyone. Thanks for joining us. Let's dive right in in Civil War history and take a look at what we segued opening up into the opening episode. The statement that the Civil War has been urban versus rural, as I said, can be an oversimplification of a complex issue. There have been many civil wars that have had both urban and rural components. There have also been civil wars that have been primarily urban or rural. Additionally, the statement "all the things that keep people alive come from rural areas," although predominantly is indeed the case, can be an oversimplification. While many essential resources such as food and water can come from rural areas. They are not the only things that keep people alive, but they are essential to do so. People also need access to healthcare, education, and other services, which can be found in both rural and urban areas. 
It's important to remember that not all members of any group are the same, and that both rural and urban populations are diverse at any time frame in history. So, to say that civil war has been urban versus rural, or that all things that keep people alive come from rural areas, is a little bit too concrete. It would be a generalization if you framed it that way, and would. Kind of be open to inaccurate, but also potentially harmful information under that premise. Such generalizations can lead to discrimination, violence, and entire groups of people, which may be playing out before us as we speak around the world in the theater. That is the world as we speak. It's important to be respectful of all users, even if you disagree with their statements. So we avoid making generalizations about entire groups of people, and we're mindful of potential impact of all words. So, what say you of a potential new civil war? It's true that civil upheaval, regardless of location, can have a significant impact on food and water supplies, often leading to widespread shortages. In insecurity, so to be fair and balanced, what I just outlined, well, to just outright say that that hasn't been prevalent or isn't prevalent would also not be fair and balanced. So, rural areas farming activities can be disrupted due to unrest, lack of manpower, damage to infrastructure, and insecurity. This can lead to decreased population and production of food. And essential resources like water, urban areas, distribution networks like transportation and logistics can be disrupted, making it difficult to get food and water from rural areas to urban centers. Additionally, urban infrastructure like water treatment plants may be damaged, jeopardizing clean water access. Actually, jeopardizing it, or perhaps have been doing that for quite some time. Panic buying and price gouging, fear and uncertainty during civil unrest can lead to panic buying, creating temporary shortages and driving up prices of essential goods. This can be disproportionately affect vulnerable populations who struggle to afford basic necessities. Displacement and humanitarian crisis. Civil unrest often leads to displacement of people, creating refugee populations. With limited access to food and water, this constrains resources in areas receiving refugees and leads to humanitarian crises. Damage to infrastructure, infrastructure like water treatment plants, irrigation systems, and storage facilities can be damaged during conflict. In some instances, pre-conflict, further exacerbating the challenges of accessing clean food and water. Main Street, Portland, Maine. Main Street, USA. Main Street, around the world. Global independence or interdependence disruptions in one area or region can ripple through the global food system as countries rely on imports and exports to maintain food security. This can lead to price hikes and shortages, even in areas not directly affected by the conflict, but perhaps transportation routes. 
However, it's important to note that the specific impact of civil upheaval on food and water supplies will vary, depending on several factors: nature and the intensity of the conflict. Is it localized or widespread? High-intensity violence causes much greater disruption than peaceful protest. Something that seems to be gone. Peaceful protest. Level of development and existing vulnerabilities. Developed countries with strong infrastructure and social safety nets may be more resilient than developing countries facing pre-existing food and water insecurity. International response. Coordinated international efforts combined can provide humanitarian aid and help stabilize the situation, mitigating the impact on food and water supplies. This is probably a really good time to take another break. We'll do so and be right back in ten seconds or less. Coming breath. Welcome back. Thanks for doing so, and we'll go by another ten minutes and segue out for today, continuing in some of the categories that we'll continue with coming up in the show about other areas of beyond the battlefields. Deeper dive into the human stories of the U.S. Civil War. We'll be focusing on individuals and their experiences. Exploring personal narratives, extrapolating diaries, letters, memoirs of soldiers, civilians, enslaved people, and others caught in the war's path, with a little bit more research using online resources like the Library of Congress, Civil War manuscripts, and a collection from the National Archives. Highlighting diverse perspectives, going beyond famous figures, and exploring the experiences of women, minorities, and immigrants, and other often overlooked in traditional narratives. Considering stories of enslaved people who escaped to freedom, black soldiers fighting for their own liberation, or women running farms or businesses in their husbands' absence. Investigating specific communities, choosing a town, regiment, or group, and delving into their experiences throughout the war and its aftermath. This allows us to understand the war's impact on our daily life, community dynamics, and individual choices through the history of the U.S. Civil War. Exploring life on the home front, examining how civilians coped with wartime shortages, anxieties, and disruptions to their life. Exploring topics like the draft, food production, wartime medicine, and the roles of women and children fight for freedom. Investigating the experiences of enslaved people during the war, their agency in seeking freedom, and their contributions to the Union war effort. Explore stories of escaped attempts, underground railroad conductors, and black soldiers and their families. The wounds of wars, looking beyond the battlefield and exploring the physical. An emotional toll of the war on individuals and communities, considering topics like amputations, post-traumatic stress disorder, and the long-term social and economic impact of that conflict, reconciliation and legacy, examining how communities and individuals grappled with the aftermath of the war, including issues of rebuilding, reconciliation, and enduring tensions. 
exploring stories of former enemies, learning to coexist, monuments, reflecting perspectives, and changing them, and ongoing struggles for not only racial injustice but social injustice moving forward in our society. We'll be back in ten seconds with a call to action statement. We'll be right back. Wrap this thing up for today in ten minutes or less. Deep calming breath. Thanks for being here. Thanks for continuing to do so. We'll revisit the history of the Civil War with many topics upcoming, and I'll embrace it around a couple of my Civil War coins in upcoming episodes as well. But the American Civil War wasn't just about battlefields; it was also a fight for survival. But Was the struggle of food and water the same for everyone? Today we dove into the surprising divide between urban and rural experiences of hunger during the war. Did city dwellers face a quicker famine, or did rural communities bear the brunt of disrupted harvests during our own civil war here in the U.S. way back when? Leave your thoughts and insights on our voicemail message board. Did geography determine your dinner plate in the Civil War? Imagine yourself living in a bustling city like Richmond or a rural farming community during the Civil War. Or now, do you think you'd have been more likely to face food shortages, and why? Both past tense and potentiality. Of future events beyond food, how do you think access to clean water would have differed between urban and rural areas during the war? Share your thoughts, past tense and present. Civil War food shortages, urban versus rural hunger, history of the Civil War, choosing sides. The description aims to be engaging and sparking curiosity, while also providing context and clear questions. I'm gonna drop the mic for today. Say bye-bye for now. We're here each and every day. Continue to join us each and every day. Make it a safe and productive day. Peace, everybody.